Hello everyone, welcome back to the Early Education Show. We're here with episode 97. I'm Liam. I'm Lisa. And another week off for Leanne. And Lisa, it's you and I and the 2019 budget spectacular. For I think the second year in a row we've done an episode pretty pretty soon after the budget. Um, Ooh, how else would you want to be spending your, your Tuesday night in mid what are we now? It's, it's it's usually May. It's April. Of course, start of April now. Oh, look, I can think of lots of ways I'd rather be spending it than trying desperately to read budget papers and follow Twitter and listen to a speech all simultaneously. <laughs> and then literally but an I hour later. Like but, to you, Liam. So. Well, and then I was going to say literally just to the peek behind the curtain for everyone. We're recording this literally. It's about 8.30. So it's an hour after the budget's come down. I didn't subject myself to listening to Josh Frydenberg talking about it. I've just been reading and, and looking on Twitter. But we thought we'd, uh, we'd spend a bit of time tonight just sort of breaking down what it means for the early education sector. There's not a huge amount in there we need to go through, but um, we wanted to get this one to you as soon as possible. So you may be listening to this on Tuesday night or or Wednesday morning. But um, we hope you we enjoy our, our sort of quick summary, and then after that, we very I'm actually more excited by this to be honest. Lisa has done a huge amount of homework. You were complaining about it on Twitter, Lisa, which doesn't you know which makes it you know not. I wasn't as... actually complaining. I was just stating how long it had actually taken me to do my homework. Oh well, because I kind of got so into it. But, yeah. <laughs> So what we do, because we now, this may shock, may not shock any listeners to the podcast, we had a suspicion we weren't hugely going to like the budget that was going to come out from an early education perspective. So basically set Lisa the task of saying, Lisa, let's imagine you're the treasurer for a day and we, we need to go off and come up with a fantasy budget for early education. And you've, you've taken that and run with it, Lisa. I'm very, very impressed. I've, I've heard nothing about it. I know you've consulted a couple of key people in the sector. Um, that but, I have. That you have. But I'm looking forward to hearing from that. So we'll get to sort of budget summary and uh, Lisa's fantasy budget. It's like fantasy football or something. You, do you get to like draft in past treasurers or something? Can uh, I have Paul Keating? Uh, yeah, you could if you wanted to. But I think you'll be happy enough with me as treasurer that you won't need another one. Okay, fair enough. All right. So stick with us for that. Before we get to those, we'll just do um, a couple of quick things in the intro. I wanted to just personally thank Child Australia and the team there for hosting me at the uh, Early Childhood Learning and Development Conference last week. I had a really great time. I got to do two workshops and a panel. So I did feel like I sang for my supper, but it was... Oh, you did. Better, that's, that's hard work. But I was looked after incredibly well. The, the team there are amazing. So big thanks to Tina, the CEO, and the, the team that managed that. It was a really great conference. Um, and uh, it was actually fascinating for me. I, I've never visited to Perth before. I don't know a huge amount about Western Australia and it was great to just kind of learn about the different way they, they do things there and um, I got to hang out with a couple of government bureaucrats and I was very nice to them but did have some suggestions for how they could possibly improve the the approach they take to um, the regulating the sector there. So Western Australia is one of only I think two states and territories now, I think Tasmania the other one, that hasn't shifted early education into the education portfolio. It's, uh, it's still in the community sector which I think creates some issues but um, whether they will heed the advice of some random Canberran who's flown over for a couple of days remains to be seen. Um, we do also, so we've, we've that, and I should say as well, a couple of people came up and said hello, which was lovely. So um, we had at least, I think, two listeners to the podcast in that, in you know, about a thousand attendees. So you know, not about, not about it, right? Or... Uh, well, they, I guess, they listened to the podcast. They didn't specify whether they were fans, which you know, maybe 
you know, that's all they've got is listening to the podcast. I reckon we probably have some hate listeners as well, and I think we should actually do a call out to all our hate listeners. Wonderful, we're lovely to have you. Look, it just adds to our stats either way, so I'm not particularly trusting in what movie you, uh, you listen to it. Um, so I was, I was d- delighted to be there. I did miss you and you and Leanne Lisa, but luckily I get to hang out with you two in person uh, at a couple of events coming up. So we've got uh, Early Learning Association Australia's 2019 Early Childhood Education Conference uh, coming up in May, and we are appearing there. We're going to be doing a live show on Friday, the 17th of May. So I do know. I think this is in Victoria, in Melbourne, obviously. Um, and I do. I have a sense that I think we've got a good body of listeners in Victoria, in Melbourne. I think uh, you're a very progressive education state there. So um, we've already had someone reach out on Facebook and say they'd love to uh, say hello. So uh, please, please do that if you're if you're in the audience, if you're listening. I mean, obviously come to the thing. It'd be great to have you know more than five people sitting in the audience, probably. Um, but you know, it, it, it would kind of be very good. That would be like nice. I know we're used to doing this with no audience, but if we're sitting there looking at each other, yeah. it is audio yeah. though. I can just edit in like rapturous applause and like something from the Super Bowl or something. So that's actually not a huge problem. But you know, it would still be nice if you turned up. But you know, I can I can I can fix that in editing. That's fine. Um, and then in July, we're going to be once again at the Social Justice and Early Childhood Conference. We're really grateful to the SJIEC team for inviting us back. We obviously didn't scare them off too much last year. Uh, and that's on Saturday, the 27th of July. And again, we'll be doing another live shows. There's two live shows we've got coming up. So we've just got to make sure we bring the right recording equipment, which I did not do at our last live show. We relied on yours, Lisa. So thanks for that. But I'll double check it before I come uh, this time. But if you're, uh, I know we got we're huge fans of the social justice group, and and they're they're very nice to us as well. So we're looking forward to um, catching up with everyone there. And again, same thing. If you're if you're a listener, you know we'll be we'll be there for most of the day. I have to travel up and back, but you know we should be there for for some of the day. So uh, make sure you come up and say hello and see what we're like in person. It's not disappointing at all, <coughs> at all. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll stop snorting on live radio. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's it. So let's get to. So, like I said, we're literally about an hour and ten minutes out of the this this start this start of the start of the. So obviously, you know, the, I, I might give a little bit of political context. I don't think anyone would be uh, too shocked by um, the the fact that this is a pretty unusual budget. It's been brought forward pretty significantly from what it usually is. Most budgets are handed down in May. This one's been uh, done uh, in April. Um, I guess they, they they must have been very very lucky that today wasn't April the first. Imagine delivering a budget on April Fool's Day. That's just inviting. Uh, headline writers, but they managed to just make it to uh, to April two, um, and obviously we will be heading to a federal election soon. So this budget, I've seen a couple of good headlines already on the sort of Guardian and 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 Sydney Morning Herald. This is very much an election budget. This is about um, throwing some cash uh, at various groups and people to uh, hopefully get them to vote. But I think we can probably say the early education sector was not one of those groups, Lisa. I think that's probably the broad summary is that there's not too much in here that's yeah, surprising, and we're not so. getting a huge amount. Yeah, I think that's a good kind of summary, don't you? I think that's pretty good. Well, do you want? To, we might just go through. I think we've got probably three or four things we want to cover. Maybe we can take them one at a time. Did you want to kick off with the probably the, the big headline for the sector, which is the universal access agreement? Well, yeah, universal access has been extended for one whole year. Way. <laughs> yeah. No, that was it. That was, so, that, that was the cheer. That era. was it. That was it. Yeah, that's the good news. Yeah. Um, so I looked stupidly on Twitter and initially I thought it was two years, but then I was reminded, thank you, the parenthood, for reminding me that um, it's because uh, preschool education is funded over a calendar year, 
what looks as if it appears the year out of next year is just the first, um, the last six months of the calendar year. Yeah, so, so we should say for, been... for, for the saddos who don't literally go and read the budget papers as soon as they're, they're put out, unlike some people on this very podcast, you and you and I and various friends on Twitter, <laughs> um, it, it's all sort of listed there in this big, uh, in, these, in these big budget papers there, and they have columns which list the expenditure for the ongoing years. And um, you're definitely not stupid, Lisa, because I get caught by this. And I'm, I'm, I, I, as we, before we started recording, I said, Lisa, can you explain this to me live on air? Because you sort of have the columns and it says, you know, the financial year 18, 19, then 19, 20, and it has these funding amounts in there so it doesn't look like it's funded for two years but it is only up until the end of 2020 2020 is that right that's right yeah so it's 449.5 million um to extend the um program to the end of uh, uh 2020 amazingly i've just read a, a story put out by the afr that's talking about this as money to parents and you know, free money for parents to send their children to preschool. So it's amazing um, how little is actually known about this. The AFR also said, you know, this is the, the um, good news in the education budget. So I'd hate to see what's happened to poor old schools if this is the good news. Yeah, look, I think we've we've we spent a lot of the previous episodes of this podcast talking about the the nightmare that is universal access funding. I think there's a couple of things I wanted to point out here. I'm slightly, I should say, there's no evidence of this yet, but I really hope this doesn't happen. I, I would be very concerned if I saw advocacy groups or peak bodies coming out and really doing much congratulating of the government on this because I think it's pretty appalling to basically threaten this funding every single year they've been in office to get to the end of their likely end of their term in government or at least the you know the last throw of the dice and and basically say oh look we'll, we'll basically cover you up until you know the end of next year and for that to be congratulated I think is really not okay particularly given we should say what was what you know a, a number of peak bodies including a uh, peak body for early education was actually excluded from the budget lockup they were weren't allowed to go in and see the papers uh, beforehand, which has happened in the past. So this government has no track record of treating the sector particularly well, and I would be very much hoping I would not see uh, overly congratulating, you know, sort of releases or, or comments on this this funding. This is not good news, and to, it, this is the bare minimum. The bare that's minimum. true, but um, you never know what's buried in the fine detail of the budget papers. We've only, you know, glanced at the big picture things or, you know, page number 292.A. Um, but there could be other stuff buried in there. It might be good or it might be bad, you know, like it was um, a, a few hours after the budget, I think, that um, I, last year that I realised that the money had gone um, for the National Quality Framework, uh, you know, money for the states. So... Yeah, we never can say absolutely what's in there. We can say at the moment it's looking not very good, but until we go through it with a fine tooth comb or basically wait for somebody else to do that, <laughs> we won't know. And I think we should um, say that Labor have... Labor, um, I think we should say Labor have um, come out and said they will commit to longer-term funding of four-year-old preschool and that they've committed to beginning the process for three-year-old preschool as well. For sure. And um, the interesting thing is that they've also given 4.9 million over two years to improve the preschool data that is available nationally. So in other words, just to fund the census and to fund the Smith family to work with state and territory governments and disadvantaged communities on strategies to improve preschool participation rates. 
I'm surprised by that. I, I think they actually mean attendance rates because yeah. that's what um, is their big thing, the attendance rates. And the Smith family has, like, quite a proud history of working with disadvantaged students and they're the ones that the Dan the Man is always saying don't actually attend um, preschools enough so they enrol and don't attend. So I think that that's about um, attendance rates, not participation rates. But it's kind of a funny thing, like why the Smith family, was there a tender to do this work or was it just straight out? And um, although, as I said, they do have a good history of it, but how could a non-government organisation be expected to work with state and territory governments? Like, mm. that just doesn't really work. And the fact that it's only $4.9 million for, um, uh, for both the data collection and, um, and to do this additional work makes me think it's just, oh, we, we have to say something about this because we've been banging on about it for so long. Yeah, it would be pretty bad to get to the end of a six-year term in government. Where this has been the one. This has been the one reason they've given for not, you know, giving long-term extensions for this funding has been attendance v sort of enrolment. Um, look, I, I'm prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. I think it's not a bad idea, but like you said, it is strange that they've already got a provider. Um, it's funny we should you know again another peek behind the curtain you i think you and i are both trawling twitter as we're recording so yeah. we're doing we're, we're, but so we're, we're literally more information is coming out as we're seeing it and i'm seeing a few people sort of saying well, where was the tender for this and I, I, i'm nothing against the smith family as you said they you know they're, they're, they they do work nationally i think and they must have a good track record with this stuff but um i've, I've detoured remember i said i was going to get the benefit of the doubt and i immediately started bashing them well, look i think this is a good thing to look at it is so the for me the the you've been able to raise the concern around the gap between um, enrolment and participation, which, by the way, is, is an issue in every education system, not just early education. We see that in high school and primary as well. But that yeah, hasn't been a good. That we're basing it on a one-week census, you yeah. know, and, as, and that's not a yeah, and that's not a good enough reason to stop the funding. That's a good enough reason yeah. to investigate and say, well, how can we improve those rates? That's never been a good enough reason to stop the funding, which is what the government's tried to, to get over the and, line. And look, as somebody, I think it was, um, now I'm going to misquote who it was, but it was another friend of the uh, podcast um, said, why is it possible to give schools four years um, funding to estimate yeah, they're funding for four years yeah. and preschools only get one year. Yeah. It was it, Megan O'Connell that says that. Yeah? yeah. She said, another one year preschool rollover. Hard to fathom why, given four year investment in other education areas, why is it only the one year for yeah. education? So, yeah. For preschool. Well, I know Megan O'Connell's not at the Mitchell Institute anymore, but I'm hoping where she is now that she could produce a lovely uh, budget explain that Mitchell Institute used to do some good ones of, of those. It was good to get some policy stuff from them. But um, the only thing I might point out just quickly here is a um, friend of the podcast, Carl, is still tweeting as we record. Um, he's identified something I was talking to him about before, which is the estimates of childcare subsidy expenditure. So it does look like what we can tell from the budget figures at the moment is that there's been a bit of an underspend, and that's pretty common. It was back during the childcare rebate and the childcare uh, um, uh, childcare benefit um, as well that they tended to overestimate how much they were spending and that seems to be yeah which with... is a, which doesn't matter edge wise you know it's just um, that you know they put more they think it'll cost more than it does that's 
Yeah, but I'm always interested. Look, they would have access to a heck of a lot of data. So that, that to me always went, well, does that mean they've, you know, does that reflect um, changing numbers of people attending? So I had a big tweet storm earlier in the year around that the, the data we have so far, which isn't a lot, but the data for the first quarter of the childcare subsidy, so July to uh, September 2018, indicated that that there was actually a pretty significant drop in real terms in the number of new enrolments. So it does make me wonder whether the childcare subsidy has not been as successful as they thought and that we're potentially not seeing, you know, children pick up extra days, which was going to be one of the big things for the subsidy for large organisations, those kind of things. Look, it's, it is really hard to tell and it is, it's a relatively, well, it, it's, it's a big amount of money. We're looking at around, you know, 300 million or so. Um, and I just I just find that interesting is that they they've they've estimated one thing in a particular way and it's come down look not not insignificantly you know being underspent does that mean that there are issues with attendance and um, some children missing out? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, What's our next thing? Oh, this this is um, an interesting. One. I spoke about the the child the four million dollars a cheeky four million for childcare. Subsidy uh, improvements. So my cheeky tweet for this was, well, at least the government and I both agree it needs a heck of a lot of improvement, which uh, seems like a lot to spend in one financial year for uh, for sort of improvements to the system. Four million. Um, but I guess it. I guess it's it's that they have included there. If I'm I'm quickly struggling to look through the budget, they're, they're including the upgrades to the inclusion support program, which yeah, I know for many listeners desperately portal, needs it. Not the, <laughs> the program. Inclusion, the, the inclusion support portal now for. For listeners, any listeners who have engaged with the inclusion support portal over the last couple of years, they will probably be crying in their uh, in their coffees, teas, or wherever, or in their car. If you're in the car, pull over. The idea that some money is being invested, because I know that portal has been diabolical um, for the last uh, couple of it a couple of years in particular, probably the last 12 months in particular. And you would hope that a pretty significant amounts being invested in that because that has been, and, you know, some sort of joke and banking light of it, but that has had a really significant impact on services' ability to include particular children. And um, I do hope that, that that gets a significant focus in the next year. For sure. And then I think the last thing we wanted to, which is a little separate from the sector, but I think it is important, we've talked about um, child-safe approaches in the podcast before, is that, um, to their credit, the government and Scott Morrison have invested in the uh, establishment of the National Centre for the Prevention of Child Sexual Abuse, and that's funded up until the end of... Uh, through, uh, through sort of July 2023. So I think, you know, uh, unambiguously, that is, a, that is a good news story and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that funded. And that will, you know, eventually end up having a big impact on the sector because there will be things we'll have to implement. We'll be needing to, you know, in, uh, implement the child safe standards which have come through the commission. But, um, you know, this can only be a good thing for children. For sure. And given that if you actually, I'll let you into one of my secrets. One of the ways I do the budget in a hurry is I just open up every budget paper and um, do a find on child. Yeah, <laughs> ah, clever. Children never appear very much in the budget. You know, I think in one paper we got you know like something like forty mentions, but you know that's not much compared to how much you know things like tax and, mm-hmm. um, you know, older Australians and stuff appear. Children never kind of, you know, they're not. Like, why would you think about children when you're preparing a budget? Well, they haven't formed a lobby group and they're not storming the uh, storming the Treasurer's office. This is the problem. Precisely. They're going to have to get themselves organised. 
Yes. <laughs> a challenge for next budget. All right, now, is there anything in our last final scour of Twitter as we... Uh, no, I think we've, we've I largely covered so. all the big things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, but, um, essentially, what I suppose the big picture is we've got another year of um, pitiful amounts of universal access funding for preschools. We've got, um, you know, more of the same with the childcare subsidy and that's really it, unless yep. there's something buried there that we haven't yet found out. Yeah. And so if think... it's buried, it's probably more likely to be a cut than, oh, look at this $20 million they didn't tell us about. <laughs> so I think we can say the, as far as we know at the moment, um, you know, roughly 9 o'clock on a, on a Tuesday night, there's there's not anything terribly... Uh, there's not, there's not anything, you know, there's no bad surprise in it that we can see. Look, as you said, we'll need to be doing some digging, but it looks like this is roughly, look, can you just, we'll, can, we'll give you preschool funding up until next year, can you leave us alone now? And there's no, there's no huge cuts. There's obviously no things that we would want, like PD funding and all those kind of things, but um, there's also no sort of nasty cuts that we can see, I guess. I suppose we also need to remember is that this budget may never actually even <laughs> see the ground, given that there's an election in May. And um, uh, uh, our um, Labor Party have said that, you know, they'll um, uh, do a, a new budget. Chris Bowen has said that uh, the Shadow Treasurer has said that he'd do a new budget, I think, a few months in or a quarter, not a budget, but, a you know, a new state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is all just kind of like fantasy, really. It's about... <laughs> Um, you know, appealing to voters with tax cuts and yeah. stuff like that. You're listening to the Early Education Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about this episode and all of the previous episodes at earlyeducationshow.com. Well, what an excellent segue, Lisa, because why don't we now move on to your fantasy to win over the taxpayers with um, your amazing ideas. So, Treasurer Lisa Bryan, I now turn the floor over to you. So, I think the idea was here we were sort of tossing around for a week. I mean, we, we tossed around for a while whether to cover the budget at all. We thought we kind of look, I think part of the mission, I think, for the podcast has been to sort of try and get some of these ideas out in, in uh, you know, relatively easy to understand ways. And I think the audio form is good for that. Um, but then I had the idea of, well, Lisa, given we know that the, the budget's probably we're not going to be probably too enamoured with the budget, why don't you come up with your own? So if you were put in charge of the coffers and, and given a bit of money, what would you come up with? So with that as your intro, Lisa, what, do you, what have you got for um, budget 2019-20 this year? Okay, I need to put on a, a really blokey voice because, <laughs> as we all know, women can't possibly be treasurers. Of course because, not. You know, they'd spend all the money on things like early education and preschool education and... Oh, maybe shoes or something like that, <laughs> rather than, you know, serious things like infrastructure. But true to my sex, I'm going to spend it all on early education. And I yeah. need to thank a number of people, and I'll thank them as they go through for their contribution to this fantasy budget. The first thing I had to kind of work out was, you know, one of the first things at the top of my thing would be raise, raise wages for educators, because <laughs> I happen to think that's a really vital thing. So I went to the union and I said, well, how much is it actually going to cost us? How much of the budget do I have to put aside to, to raise wages to a li living wage? They couldn't actually tell me, but they said 
look, what we need to look at, and this then set me up perfectly for my budget. They said, look, Australia spent about $9.2 billion in 2017-2018 on early education and care. And this is around about 0.5% of Australia's GDP. OECD best practice levels are around 1% um, and, and, you know, average levels are about 0.8%. So I reckon Australia is, you know, should go with the best. We know, need to go to best practice levels of about 1%. So that gives me around $19 billion to play with right, per year. So instead of the, the $9.5 billion that's normally spent on early education, I've got $19 billion to play with Oof. because that equates to, you know, the best OECD countries. How well, does I'm that slightly terrified of the idea of you having $19 billion to throw around, Lisa. You but... don't trust me. Is I this is this a gender thing, Liam? Is it because I'm a woman and you just aren't used to hearing a woman having that much money to play with? I guess it must be. I'm really sorry. but You it, just I, trusted I, Josh Fry, whatever his name is, to do it. Why don't I just, you trust me? I has, I, well, hang on. I've never said I trusted Josh Frydenberg to do it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, if I was being unfair, it's not so much that you're a woman, Lisa. It's because that I know you. But that's all right. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, I, I swear you'll like what I've done. So the first thing I'm going to do with that $19 billion, and remember, I've got $19 billion this year and $19 billion next year and $19 billion the <laughs> next year, as long as you keep electing me, you know, and choosing me to be the treasurer. But in the first year, um, one of our fr- uh, another friend of the podcast, Carl from um, Carl Hessian, has told me that to buy out G8, our corporate childcare provider, at the current share price with the number of shares they've got, it would cost me one point three eight billion dollars. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Of course, it doesn't really give you much. It just gives you some businesses that are paying far too high rents to you know, um, to to rent premises to run early education care centres out of. And, it, you know, it, um, like once the share value goes, then the businesses aren't really worth anything because one of the things I do straight away is make it illegal to make profit out of early education and care provision. Yay. If, if you accept public funding, you've got to say no profit. Right, but anyway, so I've allocated two billion, so the one point three eight billion for G eight, and then there's Think and Mayfield and a few other corporates there, um, so that takes it up to two billion. Yeah, and then I've still got seventeen billion left. If you do the maths in your head, Liam, about how much I've got left, that'd be good. Sure. I then do a voluntary buyout for all-for-profit services where if they wanted to sell their service to the state, we'd buy it from them. Now, if they wanted to keep it, they could keep it. We might have to set up some mutually agreed targets about what they do, like paying their um, staff reasonable wages, etc., and reaching a certain quality level. But, you know, those that wanted to sell them out, I'd do it over about four years. So we've got 7,500 private services, which incidentally is 47% of all services. So I'm going to put about, oh, you know, $2 billion a year, and that'll take me about three years to buy all of them out. 
Um, so it's about it, six billion. So you got you got about eleven billion left. No, no, no. I'm only that's two billion. I've only got two billion this year. It's two billion over oh. each year of the forward estimates. Liam. Oh, right. That's right. Nineteen billion every year. So, 50, yeah. so you're about fifteen and billion now. Interestingly, how did I cost? How much they'd cost? Well, I went on to a very terrifying site, which is childcarecentersforsale <laughs> dot com. Oh my god! Something like that. It's not quite that, but. Um, and there was lots of ones that were selling for about six million each, but there were others that were, you know, were selling for about seven hundred thousand. So I just went, oh, it's way, way too hard to, um, you know, to calculate that. I'll just give them all one point one million if they're voluntary selling it to me, because really I'm not going to make it that easy for them. So they'll probably <laughs> be happy to get anything out of it. And then wages, you know, I really couldn't work out what we should do. But what I've done is said, okay, we will spend the first year working out what, um, you know, what it really means to give um, uh, reasonable wages to educators. But as a temporary measure, we'll give each educator a $20,000 a year increase. And as there's 200,000 educators in Australia, that would cost us another $4 billion. Woohoo. It does start, the, the billions do start to rack up, though, don't they? Look, I've only spent $8 billion so far out of my $19 billion. Oh, my God, $8 billion yeah. in about seven minutes. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah, Okay. Direct funding of services. I'm going to just take all the money that currently goes to CCS. Well, it was estimated to be $9.2 billion this year, but I think we didn't spend that much from remembering um, Carl's tweets properly. So, um, you know, I'll take it up to $10 billion and I'm just going to fund services directly rather than funding parents. So all that, think of all the money that we'll save by not having to fund one over a million families and do all that work testing and everything with them. Instead, I'll just fund the, you know, 15,000 services. It's got to save a lot of departmental wages there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, making savings <laughs> as well. You're a responsible treasurer, Lisa. I like that. I am, I You're am. You're thinking I'm... about savings as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about savings. Um, Look, the next thing, you know, then I get, so that's, you know. What are you up to? Spend... 14, 16, 18 billion. So I've only got another billion to play with, right? Um, So I'm going to get everything that the department puts out written in plain English. (laughs) But you'll be pleased to know, Liam, this is a cost-free measure because I'm going, as the treasurer, I'm going to volunteer to do it. (laughs) You're going to be running some workshops. No, I'm just going to do it all for free. They can give me their <laughs> jargon and I'll translate it into busy English. <laughs> oh, so you've got a spare billion. Could you maybe maybe spend it on, like, I don't know, maybe like a podcast for the early education sector? Oh, I didn't think of that. I've got some other things on my list, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a teacher in every baby's room. Um, oh, now, there's about 7,500 LDCs. I'd say about 5,000 of them have baby's room. It could actually be less, but... And let's say teachers cost an extra 30000 on top of other wages. They don't, especially in New South Wales. They actually earn less than diplomas in some cases. But hmm. let's say that'll cost about $150 million over the over the country. Right? Yay. So if you think about that, to have a teacher in every baby's room only costs $150 million. That's so achievable, isn't That's it? That's nothing. No, it's nothing. 
Um, a capital fund to buy out all landlords. I don't want anyone <laughs> making money out of early education. So I'm going to put $100 million per year aside until we've got enough money, you know, to buy out all landlords. Um, I'm going to do training for all ACOs. Or, are ACOs still called ACOs? Assessment and Compliance Officers? Oh, I don't know. These are people, people who... Is that, isn't that, is that ASQA, the skills? No, quality? no, no. People who come rate you. Oh, the um, the authorised officers. Authorised officers, that's AOs, right, sorry. AOs, yeah. AOs, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm training for them. And because I kind of think at the moment in some states they need a lot of it, I've allocated $100 million for that. But that could be being – we may find that they don't actually need that much. It may just be one state that needs – 99.9 million of that. I'm not saying which state we're talking about, of course. <laughs> um, PD, professional development. Yay. I've allocated 50 million to that. Now, you might think, why such a little amount compared to what I've allocated um, to all the other things? Well, in fact, that's more than what we're getting for professional development under the Professional Support Coordination Program. So it's ample to get high-quality professional development to everyone. God, that was real. That was bang for your buck, wasn't it? It's hard to believe that that, that we let that it funding is. go. Now, I've got another $50 million to make um, all RTOs have to be not-for-profit. Yeah? <laughs> Even like, all RTOs everywhere? Well, that operate in this early education. Ah, okay. This, you know, this is what I, I care about as treasurer. Yeah. Good, good. Um, and, um, and, you know, obviously TAFE would get a, fun a funding increase, but that's, um, that's not um, coming out of this budget, this allocation of $19 billion. That'll come out of the, you know, general education budget, so I don't have to pay for that, luckily, because I'm running out of money. Isn't that the um, states anyway, don't they do that? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes, I don't have to do it at all. Good. <laughs> um, compulsory anti-racism courses for every early education and care centre mm. um, so that um, One Nation can never be voted for in the future, <laughs> future generation of children. That, that's the definition look, of an investment. Just because I know that this is what the riot is always worried about, I'd also put some gender courses in there as well. And I put $50 million aside for that. Um, preschool education, oh, I forgot to put any money in, in for preschool education, but that's okay. So has our current government. I'll be able to fund it for one year. Oh, maybe, look, maybe I'll fund it for two years, you know. It, it's really not much money. It's okay, like it's a luxury, Lisa. Two yeah. years? What are you doing? You can't give the sector that kind of certainty. <laughs> yeah. That's madness. I know. Um, I'll reduce kindergarten ratios, the, the ratios of teachers um, to students um, in kindergarten, because what's the use of giving them a perfect early education and then sending them off to a classroom where it's one teacher for every 17 children? But I don't have to pay for this because it'll come out of the school's budget, not out of the early education budget. <laughs> nice. Inclusion support, I'm going to give an additional $400 million to so that um, we can actually cover the full cost of an inclusion supporter um, person in educator, you know, yeah. educator yeah I've Wonderful. funded and Liam this is for you I've funded 50 million dollars 
for an advocacy organisation to prod me when I get it wrong as treasurer. What a great idea. And I'm making you CEO. Ah! What? No, hang on. I'm going to make Leanne CEO. You can be deputy CEO. That's a much better choice. Now, can I just be Leanne's EA? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep, that would be, that would work well. That's a brilliant idea. That may be your best budget measure yet. Now, I'm not allowing any overseas investment in early education because I'm a little bit worried the way the Americans and the Chinese are investing big time into our children. Um, So I'm just going to ban that for a year while we have an inquiry, a royal commission, I think. A royal commission. Excellent. God, you're not wasting time as treasurer, Lisa. No, I'm not. Um, This one will interest you, Liam. I'm doing free immunisation for every Ooh. educator. Yeah, that's a good idea. Did there used to be some... There used to be funding for that, like a long time ago, wasn't it? This was even before... I vaguely remember the early ed- educators used to get... Maybe that was a state it measure. Wasn't Maybe they're fun- the funding. Lots of services do it yeah. for their employees. I know Good Start's giving all their employees a free flu injection this year. No, good on that. Um, which is really good, but um, I, I think I worked out at thirty dollars a head by the number of educators, six million dollars would do that. That's pretty good. And then my final measure was more books for services. I've got ten million dollars mm. to give services more books because no service can possibly have too many. No, books. definitely not. I love but this budget, Lisa. It leaves me four million dollars left over, and I'll keep that for whatever it is that I've forgotten about, because I'm sure there's something I've forgotten about. Yeah. Awfully, when you have to do some positive press for whatever scandals beset you in your first year. I'm not going to have scandals. <laughs> I think it's always best to be, Lisa. You, you, once you become a politician, they're inevitable. You just got to put a little bit of cash aside for it. I'm not saying a huge amount. I know that bit. I'm Australian, so I won't get caught under, you know, what, what's the name of that part of the Constitution? A section, <laughs> section 44. <laughs> yeah. And um, clearly, you know, I don't do much overseas tripping around the world, so, you know, I won't be caught in the Philippines or whatever. Um, <laughs> I can't, you know, like I... Um, yeah, I won't rot my expenses, I promise you that. Yeah, um, so I, okay. I think I'm a safe bet, Liam. All right, well, I, I, Lisa, you have my vote, for sure. Yeah, I Thank think we should you. just, in all seriousness, that Lisa, that is a huge amount of work. I'm sorry, that was, you went above and beyond the task you were given for that <laughs> one. Is there any way, you can? if you got that on a, a document or a spreadsheet or something, we could actually maybe yeah. post on the site? Yeah, a little bit, yep. Yeah. So if you, if, you, if you don't want to look at the real budget, which I which I strongly recommend not looking at it, you could look at Lisa's instead because that's that, that imagine imagine if we had that budget. In all seriousness, that would be pretty amazing. Well done, Lisa. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay, well, I think that's it for our budget wrap up update. We hope that's been useful to people. We're going to try and get this out. Um, hopefully, as you're listening to this, it'll be late Tuesday night or Wednesday, and you you can sort of um, you can find the budget information at budget.gov.au. It is um, they're not particularly fun to look at. Um, I was reading some interesting things from journos early in the days that they just sort of refuse to sort of modernise the budget and have it in a nice searchable form or have it in a nice, you know, have some far more useful spreadsheets. But it's what it is. Um, the measures in there for early education, there's not a huge amount of them and you can sort of find them by digging around. But budget.gov.au, I'll include Lisa's most excellent uh, fantasy budget, which I wish was the reality budget. Um, but 
uh, Lisa, thanks so much for getting away from Twitter for a little bit, although we've both been tweeting for fairly regularly during this entire thing. But um, <laughs> we've literally, you're, you're, so not only have you done your homework, but we sort of, you've, you've, we've listened to the speech, we've, we've trawled through the budget and then got on quickly to record about it. So it's been a busy night for us. So you are now, you definitely have earned a couple of days off, Lisa. Oh, thank you. That's, that's yeah, I need that. <laughs> so um, thanks, to li- thanks for listening, everyone. This this episode will be the one that would have gone out on Friday, so there won't be a new episode on Friday, and we'll be back the week, uh, back next week, so in a few days. We wanted to get this one out as early as possible, though. So um, until then, it's goodbye from me. And from me. You have been listening to The Early Education Show, hosted by Lisa Bryant, Leanne Gibbs, and Leah McNicholas, and produced by Leah McNicholas. Find us online at earlyeducationshow.com and while you're there, it would be great if you could hit the support the show tab where you can become a patron of the show and support us for as little as $1 a month. We really appreciate it. Get in touch with us at earlyedushow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter with the username earlyedushow. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast Store. This really helps other people find the show. See you next time.